is The Chris Sheeran Show, only on YesNetwork.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Chris Sheeran Show here on YesNetwork.com. Chris Sheeran and Doug Williams aboard with you once again. Week two of the podcast, it's back in full effect, and got to talk about the Super Bowl, I guess, Doug. <laughs> it's the elephant in the room, I guess. There was only one sporting event last wow. night. Wow. So. I mean, I was flabbergasted. I mean, I watched this Denver Bronco team as much as I could during the season because that's how much of a juggernaut they were on the offense. And I don't know, you know, if your time in, like, high school or grammar school or whatever, if you've ever dissected anything in science class. But the Seahawks, if you could, if you want to paint a picture of what happened last night, it was basically the Seahawks pinning Peyton Manning on a table <laughs> and just utterly dissecting him and that entire offense. You know, and I, I sat here a week ago with you and said they have too many weapons. I, I, I don't want to hear it about Seattle's defense. I even went as far as to say, and I'll own up to it on Twitter. I said the tautology of defense wins championships will be squashed by the Broncos this week. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, guess who's eating his words today? This guy. Isn't it so funny, though, that somehow we still eat up predictions? We still yeah. require predictions yeah. of experts. Well, it's like, fun. It's fun. Yeah, it's I, fun. I, I don't but, consider myself an expert, air quotes, going on over here like Chris Farley. But, uh, you know, we've been doing this our whole life. I mean, sports fans do this with their friends. You're in study hall in school. It, it just happens. Uh, but, my goodness, I mean, I... By halftime, I was just – I was watching the game with my father-in-law who really doesn't like sports at all. I, and I like that because I could just sit there and watch the game and not have to deal with anybody asking me questions. He just sits there and quietly watches. So I'm sitting there and I'm just like, wow. I mean, when Bruno Mars is the best part of the Super Bowl and everybody was giving Bruno Mars a hard time as I go on a tangent – that guy's talented, man. Oh, yeah. I don't see how anybody could have gave him a bad time. Oh, it should have been John Bon Jovi. It should have been Bruce Springsteen. Uh, why? Why? Well, I think it should have been Bruce because it was in New Jersey. Uh, he did it uh, He did it when the Giants were in it a couple years back when they beat the Patriots. Uh, it just, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm going off on a tangent. I don't want to do that. The real I, problem is there, I gotta are no, get refocused there are no there. rock stars in America under the age of 40. That's pretty much true. You're Which that's, right. that's the that's the problem. It's that a I dying think they ran breed, into. and I think Bruno Mars brings a lot of different genres to the table, and I think he makes everybody happy in a way. I, I think know. he was great. Honestly, I thought he was fantastic. You know what, you know what I said, I and mean, we're going off on a on a halftime a show little tangent, bit, yeah. but it was the most important thing about it was. the game. So I will say, if he didn't dress like he does and and have the hair that he does, I think his sound would seem like a genuine cool rock sound. Right, but he just—it's a little bit more of like a a Rat Pack vibe kind of yeah. thing they're trying to do. But I don't so. see what I don't. It, it, it's a throwback. You know, they got a horn section. Right, they actually can play instruments. Who knew? Everybody, yeah. <laughs> people who play instruments and don't just sing. And I don't want to hear your voice as your instrument. Stop. All right, I'm not going to go down this road. <laughs> Let's get back to the game. But the Seattle defense, I mean, it just an unbelievable job. I, did, did you hear Wes Welker's name once in that game? I mean, maybe once. He was nowhere. Uh, but Averill, uh, the pressure on Manning, he was getting. And, of course, Malcolm Smith, who, who wins the MVP. His brother Steve Smith won a ring with the Giants. Now, Malcolm, you know, just an unbelievable story. Drafted, like, number 234 overall in the seventh round back in 2011. Uh, didn't Somebody asked him last night what his 40 time was in the uh, combines. And he said, well, I wasn't invited to the combines. 
So you could – in this Seattle defense, you know, it's kind of like the no-name defense of years past. You could tell that there's a gigantic chip on their shoulder. And, Doug, I mean, I – you know, and I saw the Bears defense in 85. I saw what they did, you know, throughout the playoffs and in the Super Bowl to the Patriots. I'm going to go out on a limb here. That was one of the most dominating defensive performances, and I'm going to, dare I say it, better than Buddy Ryan's Bears 46 defense in Super Bowl uh, 20 against the Patriots in 1985. It was just unbelievable. Didn't Denver just look sluggish and slow on offense? And it started with Peyton Manning because obviously he looked as sluggish as it gets, but everybody looked a step behind the defense of the Seahawks. I, 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 You know what? That's a great point. And, you know, from the outset, I mean, you're talking about the first play of the game. How loud was it? And everybody on Twitter is like, hey, Giant fans, take notes. And we should. That place, I haven't heard that place that loud ever. Ever. And, and, you know, the Giants, did they go to a Super Bowl in that stadium? I can't remember. Yeah, they did. The the last one with the Patriots. Uh, I I, I can't remember that place being that loud. I can't. Yeah, It's just unbelievable how loud it was. And Peyton Manning goes up to center to change the play, and the ball whizzes by his head. I mean, that kind of miscommunication, you know, Aikman and Buck immediately said, you know, it's nerves, it's this, it's that. Listen, the Broncos had no nerves all season long. That wasn't nerves. That was a miscommunication. The guy wasn't nervous. He didn't know Peyton was coming up. He couldn't hear anything. He, he knew, you know, all right, we're probably going to go. Peyton probably told him in the huddle, we're going on a silent count, whatever. And he was – counting in his head, and he snaps the ball. He didn't know Peyton was coming up to change the play. But if you have Peyton Manning at quarterback, Doug, you have to know it's not going to happen yeah, it's immediately. Yeah, the number one guy in the league in terms of doing that pre-snap uh, direction. Um, yeah. it, it, genuinely, it genuinely looked like they just weren't prepared. And I, I don't know exactly why that happens. Uh, you're going to the Super Bowl. It's the, it's the one game that you're mentally preparing for for two weeks. Two weeks. And that, just, that's the thing. Yeah. And I, I you know... I know we're, you know, I think we're going to talk about Peyton's legacy here in a second. But the one, <laughs> the one thing is that Peyton does talk about pregame preparation all the time, mm-hmm. and he did have two weeks to prepare for this defense. And whatever, you know, you can either say this is Peyton's fault or it's the fault of the defense is just that good. I, I, I think it's the latter. I yeah. think the defense was that good. And and I told you before we started uh, the podcast that, I mean, you could put the best quarterbacks of all time on that Broncos team in their prime with all those weapons, and none of them would have beaten the Seahawks defense yesterday. They were just that good. I'm talking Joe Montana. I'm talking about Johnny U when when Johnny U was slinging. Uh, Bart Starr. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. Terry Bradshaw with all the Steelers teams, he wouldn't have beat them. I just think you can't lay this on Peyton Manning. Did he play like garbage? Absolutely. But I think it was more of the Seattle defense getting in his face and making him uncomfortable rather than Peyton Manning not showing up. I totally I don't think that ever happens. Peyton Manning shows up. I just think they were just so good yesterday, Doug. And think about Malcolm Smith for a second. You know, he gets drafted in the seventh round, doesn't get invited to the combine. He comes up with the interception in the championship game to ice it off the Sherman tip. Then he intercepts Peyton Manning and takes it all the way back for the pick six. I think it was 69 yards. And then he recovers a fumble in the second half. I mean, think about 
the championship game and the Super Bowl this guy had. And he's 24 years old. I think that's the fourth youngest Super Bowl MVP. And just between you, me, and the wall here, you could have given that. I mean, that could have been, and a lot of people are saying this on Twitter, that could have been a team defense right. MVP right. right there. The whole, you know, coordinators get it, the players yeah, get it. Yeah, everybody. You know, they, they just make replicas of the trophy and give it to everybody. I mean, because I really think that's how deep it was, and that's how how much everyone on that defense deserved a little share of that. You know, Chevy would have had to come correct with another 12 trucks or yeah, whatever, but, tough. you know, that would have been a little tough. But, uh, hey, they had enough money to put a commercial or two in the, in the Super Bowl, so I, I think they have the money to do it. But all kidding aside, that was just an utter destruction of – the best offense in the National Football League. You saw this Broncos team week in and week out, Doug, just destroy teams. Not every week. I mean, they did have some losses. But when they beat teams, they beat them. And they beat them handily. I mean, 50 points here, 40 points there, 30 points here, 40 points there. Just unbelievable. So for for a team like the Broncos to be held to eight points, and, you know, they got lucky. They could have been shut out because if they don't score a touchdown, you know they're not going to kick a field goal. They can't kick a field goal. So if that, that touchdown drive did come down to a crucial fourth down play, which, which a drive before that did come to, you know, we might be looking at a 43 nothing shutout. Yeah, and, and you know what's funny, Chris, is that uh, everybody says offense is changing and the quarterback position is changing. And that's true that a lot of offenses in the National Football League look a lot different than they did 10 years ago. But it's possible also the defense is changing because the Seahawks' defense is great without being uh, huge. They're not very well-sized. They don't have that typical you know, pass rushers. They make you legitimately uncomfortable with speed and with being dynamic. It, it's not about you know, bull rushing the offensive line. It's about getting around them. Every time Peyton Manning dropped back, you could tell he, he, he was just nervous, had to get rid of Happy the ball feet. because Big he realizes time. that people – on the defensive line are faster than he is, which isn't always the case. It's a defense built on speed, and I think that Seattle is going to start this kind of trend in the NFL where if everybody's fast on your defense, that's a good thing. There haven't been happy feet that happy at the yeah, in the Meadowlands since Dave Brown was playing quarterback for the New York Giants, and that's that's going back a ways. But Eli had some happy feet this year with his uh, Swiss cheese of an offensive line as well. But Peyton, I mean, he just didn't have a shot. And, and I think you made another tremendous point there that Seattle's defensive line is so fast. You know, Peyton Manning isn't the most agile quarterback. He is the true definition of a pocket passer, which is the kind of quarterback – I love, it's what I grew up with, and I just love seeing someone who could sit in the pocket and pick you apart, like a Tom Brady, like a Peyton Manning, like a Phil Simms in his heyday. It just, there was something about that. Warren Moon, who was a little bit uh, mobile, but for the most part, he stayed in the pocket. He took a hit. I mean, and he could just sit there and pick you apart like no other. I mean, there's just something about that. It's an art form at quarterback, and Peyton Manning's one of the best, and yesterday, the best got bested by <laughs> the number one defense in the league, and I, I didn't see that coming. I, I don't know who saw that coming, like 43-8. to eight. If you saw 43-8 to eight coming, I, I want you to pick my next Powerball numbers because, you know, look, did I pick the Broncos to win? Yes. Did they, did they win? Absolutely not. They got destroyed. But at the same time, it wasn't 43-42. It wasn't 43-34. It was 43-8, and it was just, you know, I, I can't 
can't paint a picture any better, Doug, than someone dissecting something in science class because that's what it was like. It was it was just utter destruction. And I, I told you before I wanted to talk about the legacy of, of Peyton Manning. And, and, you know, a lot – the buzzword Super Bowl week – and before I go into the legacy, I just have to get this off my chest, too. It's been on my mind for a week now. I don't know what you feel, and I know we're in the media, but I just think these guys have too many days where they have to talk to the media. I do. I think it's, it's, it's just overblown. It's, it's, it's too saturated. Um, media day on Tuesday, it's enough. What else do you need to know? How many times do you have to talk to these guys? The coaches are talking every stinking day. If something happens, fine, hold a press conference. But it just gets to the point. And, and then at media day, you got to have someone asking Peyton Manning. And, and, and she had a credential, obviously, because she was there. But she asked Peyton Manning who, who his favorite housewife is? Yep. Really? Listen, if you want to be respected as a journalist and you're at the Super Bowl, that's not the question you ask, okay? Peyton Manning was very gracious, as he always is, and answered it saying, uh, I don't watch the show. I don't have a favorite housewife, which made me root for him even more. Um, but he sat there and he answered the question, but God almighty, Doug. I mean, and, and, and back in 2009 at the World Series, another tangent, ladies and gentlemen, that's what happens. I'm covering the World Series for Yes, for the internet, for YesNetwork.com, and a very, very popular person, I won't give away the gender, won't give away who it is, not even any initials, be too obvious, but this person pointed at a player and asked, uh, who is that? It was Mariano Rivera. Mariano Rivera in 2009. Why are you on this field? Why? Okay, calm down, Chris. <laughs> this is what I do. This I vent. This is my thing. All right, Peyton Manning's legacy. Sorry, Doug. I, well, for the record, by the way, I totally agree with you. And and I'll let you know who it was and, when we and, sign off. <laughs> and also, Chris, I did notice that same thing. It was like, I understand Media Day because Media Day kind of uh, has to happen, right? It's just, but then it's I would turn on the TV much. for the, the, the two or three days after Media Day, and they were still on doing still, new interviews. Still. And, it, and they're saying the same thing sometimes. It's just like, God. So why call it Media Day if there's like three of them I after? I know. It's, it's too much. I get it. You, you want to hype the game. Maybe you get somebody to say something like you get a Sherman situation. So you, so you have something to write or, or something you could put on TV for the next four or five days, whatever. It's too much. It is. And you know what? A lot of people had a problem with Marshawn Lynch not talking to the media. And Pete Carroll came on and said, you know, we have all these guys, they're individuals, this, that, and the other thing. Now, this is his, it is his job. It is his job. He needs to do it. But at the same time, if the guy doesn't want to talk and focus on the game, I have no problem with it. No, me either. I, I don't. And, and people can get mad at him. What is he going to add? What is he going to say? If he doesn't want to talk, if he just wants to go out there and play, let him go out there and play. Does he get fined? Eh, maybe. But you know what? That's his choice. And I have no problem with Marshawn Lynch. I just wanted to get that out there, too. I'm glad I reminded myself there. But anyway, Peyton Manning's legacy. I wrote the numbers down now because I know last week I was guessing off the top of my head because I did do the research before. 
but I did not have all the facts right. And if I said Chuck Knoll coached the Seahawks last week, I apologize. It was Chuck Knox. If that was, I've been thinking about that all week. You do this podcast once, and then you lay at home. You're like, God, did I say Chuck Knoll? He coached the damn Steelers. It was Chuck Knox. Anyway, I just wanted to correct myself there too. But Peyton Manning. In 1998 was his rookie season. He was 13, uh, three and 13. The next season, he went 13 and three. Okay, so 11 years after that three and 13, no, a dozen years after the three and 13 season, he had 11 years of double digit wins. 11 of 12 years, he had one losing season. It was uh, 2001. He was six and 10. The Colts were six and 10. I shouldn't say he was. The the team was. Now. The 12 years prior to Peyton Manning coming to the Indianapolis Colts, zero double-digit win seasons, five losing seasons. Did you get that? Zero double-digit winning seasons, five losing seasons. Peyton Manning comes on board, 11 of 12 years, double-digit wins, one losing season, Super Bowl title. Think he didn't mean anything to the Indianapolis Colts? Now, Joe Montana, he's got four Super Bowl rings. When everybody wants to talk about, you know, the status bearer for the best quarterback that's ever lived, it's Joe Montana, okay? So he has four rings. Obviously, everybody judges everybody on championships, Doug. Uh, Nine years of double-digit wins when he took over um, in 81. They were 13-3 and that year. They won the Super Bowl, of course, over the Bengals, Kenny Anderson and Chris Collinsworth's Bengals. the strike year in 82 was his one losing season. They were three and six. Uh, the three in, in the previous 10 years. So he had nine years with double digit wins and he had the one losing season, which was the strike year in 82. Now the 10 previous years before Joe Montana took the reins in San Francisco, they had three winning seasons. So you want to talk about legacy Here's, here's my breakdown, you know, and, and then you could comment here, Doug. I get it. Everybody judges on Super Bowl victories. Joe Montana, let's not forget who he had. He always had a running game. Always. Roger Craig, he was, he was pretty darn good. Roger Craig. He had John Taylor. He had Jerry Rice. I forget the tight end's name. It, 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 it's not on the tip of my head here. It's going to kill me, but I, I forget the tight end's name. But he had weapons. Much like Peyton Manning had in this game. And I'm telling you right now, go on Madden, go on old school, whatever kind of football game you have, Sega, Genesis, PlayStation, whatever. You put that Seattle Seahawks defense up against any 49er team, they're beating them. They are. I'm sorry. Joe Montana on that field with the Broncos in his prime is not beating the Seattle Seahawks. So if you're going to go out there today, all you talkies, talking heads, and bash Peyton Manning and his quote-unquote legacy, and you brought up the best point of all downstairs, I'm going to let you say it yourself, enough with the legacy. And Doug is going to tell you why right now. Well, he's not done playing yet. So you can't have a legacy, you know. I, I was listening to Colin Coward this morning. He said something, he started talking about actors and actresses. And uh, how some of them have, you know, revamped careers after a while. So if Matthew McConaughey had retired after How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, 
his legacy would be a little different than having done Dallas Buyers Club, Wolf of Wall Street. I mean, it's a, so that's that's what we're talking about. If Peyton Manning suddenly comes back next year with an even fresher arm, and this offense is as dynamic, and somehow the Seahawks get defeated before the Super Bowl, and Peyton wins one next year, then his legacy can be talked about if he then re- decides to retire. But you can't talk about it because you're just going to go around in circles until he retires. Right, but even if he did retire this year, I- I'm still saying he's in the top five all time, hands down. Just because of the numbers I read to you. I mean, what are the quarterbacks in this league, Doug? Especially, you know, us growing up. And I know I'm a little older than you are. But what are the quarterbacks in this league have been have made such a dynamic change by themselves? I mean, there were games this year, Doug, where the defense wasn't exactly tremendous for the Broncos. And the reason why they won the game was Peyton Manning. Think of the Cowboy game. That one comes right back to me. You know, that was easily – that could have easily went the Cowboys' way. Easily. Peyton Manning, down 26-3 at the half, comes back, wins the game. Now, you could also look at the flip side of the coin, that Patriots game, where they have the big lead at halftime, and then they lose. Fine. He, he took care of business with Tom Brady when he needed to take care of business with Tom Brady in the AFC Championship game. He got back to the Super Bowl. He brought two teams to the Super Bowl. What is he? Uh, one and two now? Mm-hmm. In Super Bowl games, listen, it, it, it has to do a lot more with the entire team than it does with one guy when you get to the Super Bowl and you win it. And we, we've been talking about that the whole time during this podcast. That's Seattle Seahawks defense. Now, look, the offense needed, you know, they did what they needed to do. But the defense put them in position to have a very successful game. Russell Wilson, um, I, I love the kid. Uh, you know, he's. I think he's going to be great for the league. He's going to be great for that city. Is that their first championship, by the way, in that city? Yes. Sonics never won anything. They don't have a hockey team. Oh, I don't know about in the city in general. It's the first Seahawks championship. First Seahawks. The, uh, the Mariners never won a World Series. So I, I'm pretty sure, besides Starbucks, this is their crowning achievement <laughs> out there. Um, but I just want to congratulate the city of Seattle, uh, the Seahawks, uh, you know, as I said in the last podcast, they were my quote-unquote AFC team when I was growing up. Yes, boys and girls, they were an AFC team when I was growing up. It was a long time ago. But um, so congrats to them, all their fans, the 12th men. We don't have to hear that anymore, thank goodness, Till next year. Um, but right now, I mean, I don't look at odds. But, you know, if they stay pretty much intact, Doug, Who's the favorite? I mean, they're the favorite next year. Yeah, youngest team uh, to win a Super Bowl since, you know, I can't remember the other teams in the 70s, I think. Their average age is 26 years old. There's no reason why they can't get back. They're they're young and talented and experienced now. <laughs> yeah, but those those dynasties don't happen anymore because of free agency. And, you know, when people are done, they, they jump ship really fast. We, we, we've seen it all the time. And uh, – pieces of the puzzle need to be in place for them to repeat if they want to repeat but i just think it's a great story i i would have loved to seen peyton manning win um for a lot of reasons i i mean he's just the quintessential uh nice guy last night uh, i just read an article before we came up here uh he's a beaten man walking back to the locker room and some beer vendor Screams out, hey, Mr. Manning, could I get your autograph? And he turns around, he locks eyes with him. This is a reporter 
witnessing the whole thing. And he says, not right now, but when I come back this way, I will. Here's a guy who just had it laid on him. Probably the worst loss in his career. Came back and signed an autograph for that guy. I, he gets it. I, I love athletes who get it. And, and, and he's just, he's a guy who gets it. I, I wish more of them were out there like him. And as much as I hated seeing him lose, I'm happy to see Russell Wilson win. Because, like I said, I just think he's a great human being. He's good for the league. Uh, he's a great quarterback, and he's going to have a very promising and bright future. And think about it, Doug. Like six, seven years ago, that NFC West, it was it was an abomination. And now with Kaepernick and Wilson in that division, whew, that could be the division to beat for years to come here in the NFL if they all stay together. Yep, totally agree. It's a, it's a bright future uh, in terms of – offenses especially in that division with those two quarterbacks they're going to be good for a long time all right for doug williams i'm chris sheeran that's going to wrap up this week's edition of the chris sheeran show don't forget on your uh, yes network dial uh the real michael k is uh taking over the reins of radio on television here on yes so don't forget that uh every day at three o'clock he and don lagreca uh will be on the air on yes they take over for mike francesa and that starts uh Today is Doug and I tape this and moves forward from here. So best of luck to Michael and Don. And don't forget, uh, BK Connect is an every week occurrence. You want to get your questions out, uh, use the hashtag BK Connect at Yes Network's um, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram accounts. All your Nets questions will go directly to Devin Carperian of the BrooklynGame.com and Rod Boone of Newsday, and they will answer possibly your question live on the air if we select it. So once again, thanks for watching to the Chris Sheeran Show. That's hashtag CSS. For Doug Williams, I'm Chris Sheeran. We'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody. 